Your web search is over. It's time to release your mouse, turn your speakers way up, and hang on to your hard drive as the SEO rock stars log on to rock the net right under the stratosphere. Prepare to optimize your Tuesday evening jamming and spamming with the always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Guaranteed to be a night filled with great memory. Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Oil Man and Bake Jake here. Uh, sorry we missed you last week, but uh, things were happening, and uh, Jake was, you were feeling a little under the weather, weren't you, last week? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was sick all last week. I had an ear and a lung infection. Not good. That, that was all, like, balance out of whack and all that stuff, eh? Yeah. Fun stuff, man. Normally you have to drink to feel that way. No, I know. <laughs> no, I'm... I'm yeah, it was it was kind of evil because I don't get sick that much, so it's like whoa. But you got your first encounter with our lovely Canadian healthcare system. Yeah, and it went uh, extremely well. No complaints at all, um, despite the horror stories that that we hear about the Canadian uh, healthcare system. Uh, I didn't have any problems. I was in and out in about twenty minutes. So perfect, perfect. Well, that's a good deal. So what's, uh, what's new and, and shaking over on the eastern side of this lovely country? Well, actually not much. I was, uh, I was just reading. Um, actually, I just happened to do something I, I don't do a lot and, and went to Slash Dot um, in about the five minutes. I was waiting for the show to start. Uh, I really don't read Flash Dot so much anymore. But uh, two interesting articles uh, on the homepage. The first was by Bruce Steiner, who's a very famous cryptologist and a very smart guy um, and just a, a pretty interesting interview with him and uh, second was um, some site called www coder that uh, has a huge long article about uh, the Google patents and uh, and how they're fighting spam and blah 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 so which was which was just wrong on a lot of fronts. The article was surprisingly. Um, it's uh, uh, I don't know. I don't understand why people uh, why people write this stuff. But uh, it gets it gets the traffic. It gets the hits. I mean, you write an article about Google spiting fam and pat- spam and patents and and it it uh, it gets you a lot of traffic. Well, I've got I've got some traffic tips for you guys. Okay, so. The, the, this is the SEO Rockstar's new approach to traffic, okay? Write an article about how Microsoft sucks, Google's the greatest search engine on the planet, and how they're continuing to fight spam, and submit it to Slashdot, and you'll get your article linked, and you'll get mil- millions of visitors. That's it. That's all you got to do. Like getting Slashdotted for uh, run-of-the-mill content, eh? That's right. So, so this is how we do it. And then we get a link from Slashdot, and then we don't have to worry about link spam anymore. So... Uh, Flash dot link, you you have achieved greatness. Yeah, I know, but unfortunately, uh, the uh, the slash dot editorial control policies aren't as aren't as uh, as good as one might wish. So, is it just me, or does it feel like their editorial control has sort of gone downhill in the last year ish? It was ever there. It was ever there, but it just seems lately it's it's just more sensationalist fodder than it than it used to be to me it's 
what we call news by emotion. Um, you know, whatever sounds good and will ever get hype, um, that's what we put up, and uh, everybody loves it because it's topics they all feel emotional about, and it works. I mean, i got to credit the guys at Flashdot. They do a great job at what they do. Um, I just don't know if it's the, the best practical source for, for technology news. So, Well, in the typical rock star fashion, we've, uh, we've sort of slowly adopted this, this Q&A approach to our whole show. And uh, we've, uh, I feel it's been working very well. We seem to be able to cover a wide variety of topics and uh, answer a lot of real questions in real time. seems the listeners are happy. Uh, so Jake uh, PM'd over to me just before the show that uh, he'd been getting a lot of questions about dynamic websites. And Jake is one of the leading dynamic website authorities. That's his, his uh, choice panel at SES. Gets a ton of recognition for it. So... I'm going to let him kick it off this afternoon, and we're going to dive into some dynamic websites. We'll cover all that, so start PMing your questions over to either one of us, and we'll see where the next hour takes us. I have, uh, are we going to commercial first? Well, we, sure, let's go to commercial first, because otherwise in about 30 seconds, Google will start PMing me that we need to go to commercial. So let's go to commercial, pay some bills, come back in, talk about dynamic websites. Shakespeare, you need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. So they got pretty good food here, huh? huh? Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts, mm. plus their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and tells me how much I earn from each advertiser. Wow. And that's how I'm better. Pass the pepper. Wow. Thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at valueclickmedia.com. Do you sell a product or service with monster potential in the online market? Then attack the opportunity to turn your dreams into reality. Equipped with flexible e-commerce software from monstercommerce.com. You'll possess complete control of your store, including your storefront's design, maintenance of your products, and management of your online orders. And all with the technical support and service. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Grow your business today with monstercommerce.com. Welcome back, everyone. Rockstars with you on a Tuesday night. I had one more tidbit, oil man, of news I saw this week. Lay it on me, brother. What's that? Lay it on me. Lay it on you. Right on. Okay. So, I have uh, the newest economist, which, um, I don't know, for, for most of you guys, you know that economics is my background, but, um, so, the, the Economist, which is a fantastic magazine, um, 
that talks about sort of world politics and affairs and how how business interacts with the world has I was very surprised to see an article on Google this week, and the Economist is not really uh, privy to um, sort of trendy type companies, so so a lot of the, what they write about is substantial companies. So to even see Google in the business section of the Economist is pretty big, but. The uh, the first line of this article starts out, this year the combined advertising revenues of Google and Yahoo will rival the combined primetime ad revenues of America's three biggest television networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. That's pretty significant. That's really amazing. But I mean, what's what's so cool about that, though, is that it's such a volume thing because you and me are contributing to that. Hello. I just, it blows my mind because if you take a step back and look at the cost per, uh, I think the, the, the cost per acquisition for television advertising is something like $80 a customer compared to Internet advertising's $8 a customer on average. And to me, all that says is that online advertising is going to be completely uh, unaffordable within the next three years to the average small business. So that's uh, that's what really struck me about that article. Um, I don't know how that strikes anyone else, but for someone that does a lot of online buying, um, you know, that that scared the bejesus out of me. Well, it seems to give the whole industry a lot of. Uh credibility i mean the last couple of years have been really good for search but now it's it's prime time it's billions and billions of of real ad dollars getting spent you know back in the day when everything was free it was just this place to go find you know university papers for free and stuff like that but now it's 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 a cornerstone of this economy and it's it's nice to see that sort of thing come along even with you know the the scary future that it could hold for that. So it, it's encouraging for, I think, for the agencies uh, out there, the larger SEM agencies. But I agree with you. Some of the smaller smaller SEOs, the mom and pops, are going to find themselves very hard pressed to compete um, with those advertising dollars at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting. That's for sure. So let's look at uh, let's look at some questions. I already got uh, one here. Um, I'll keep it anonymous because they didn't specify whether they want it public or anonymous. Uh, and and we'll st- it starts with the granddaddy of all dynamic site techniques, which is mod rewrite. Um, and the, the poster asks, with search engines dealing much better with ugly URLs, is it still a good idea to mod rewrite just to be safe, or is it a waste of time? Um, <clears throat> it's a good question. Uh, I have always used mod rewrite not only to help solve indexing barriers, which is its primary use, but also to solve ranking barriers. Um, basically, mod rewrite's first use in the SEO arena was to get sites that couldn't understand things past the question mark and a dynamic page to understand things. Well, we're long past that, three years past that. Um, and every search engine out there that's worth its weight can understand URLs with question marks, but, um, you know, it's a lot of work to implement mod rewrite. So is it worth it? I still say yes. Um, Yahoo has said, even up to Christmas of last year publicly, 
that they prefer shorter URLs. And um, it's been proven time and time again by myself and others, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Oil Man, that directory names mean a lot more to the search engines than page names. So, um, you know, so is it still a good idea to, to do it? Yes, I think so, especially with new sites, but it should be one of the last things you're looking at to do. Um, it's not one of those things that's going to bring you from number 50 to number 1. It may bring you from number 10 to number 7, though, and that's a good thing. I, I agree. Uh, typically, when I come across uh, a large dynamic site, the first thing I check is, you know, what do we have indexed? You know, is the crawler getting in there? And if the crawler is getting in there, I'll, you know, turn my focus to other things first. You know, linking structure, proper titles, you know, supporting H1 in the page, that kind of stuff. I'll do all that first to see what benefit I get before I go to the effort of trying to deal with mod rewrite on, you know, a 100,000-page dynamic e-commerce website. So it, it's definitely useful, but like Jake says, it's, it's, not the, it's not the golden goose of SEO. It's, it's something to keep in mind, but there's a lot of other things. If that spider is already indexing those URLs and actually getting the page, not just getting the URL, then there's a lot of other things that I would do first. Let me, let's talk about that because you, you touch on a really good point, Todd, and that's, uh, and that's indexing um, and, and paying attention to that. A lot of times people look at their site and they, and they do that evaluation you mentioned and they say, well, they say we have this site, it's not being indexed, it must be because of these weird queries or parameters. And I'll tell you what, eight times out of ten that I look at a site, it's not that. It's not the parameters. It's not the long URLs. It turns out um, someone has implemented a JavaScript dropdown, or someone has implemented form-based navigation, or some, something other than anchor text links that point to other pages. And the search engines are still six, seven, eight, nine, ten years later, still having problems with JavaScript-based navigation. Form navigation is 50-50 hit or miss. So, you know, the first thing you need to take a look at whenever you're having indexing problems is your navigation structure. Are they anchor refs? A good way that I do this is actually to, to get Opera and use the links tool and see what links it returns. If it returns all the links on your page, then you're fine. If it doesn't, um, that tool is a pretty good representation of what the search engines will and will not see. And certainly if Opera can see it all, the search engines are going to be able to see it all. So check your navigation structures first, because that's, uh, that's the majority of problems that I see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any, uh, I don't have any questions sitting on my desk yet. So I have, I have more. Uh, welcome, Ted, to the room. How are you doing, Tester? Um, one. Oh, uh, green-eyed one. Let's let's take her question first. How is mod rewrite a lot of work? Simple. If you have a hundred thousand page site, you've got to change the links to every single one of those hundred thousand pages. That's a lot of work. Um, whether you're doing that manually or you're doing that through the content management system, um, which will require recoding, it's a lot of work. Um, don't let anyone fool you. If you have a twelve-page site that mod rewrite isn't a lot of work, but chances are you don't need it in the first place. Um, so it, it, it's a ton of work to do it properly. 
that's, uh, that's one thing that I find uh, a lot of people miss. They go, well, here's, here's, here's the rewrite rules. So we can take this URL string and rewrite it this way. But then they don't do anything about how the site's actually generated. So the website spits along, and it still gets dynamically generated, and all the on-page links are still the ugly links with all the variables and stuff like that. And so the mod rewrite, the nicely rewritten links, are great if you actually type them indirectly or paste them into emails and send them around. But they're not actually getting called or created for the search engines because the search engines are still seeing what is being generated in the page. And that's, like, like Jake said, that's going to be a ton of work to go in, especially when you're looking at some of these content management systems um, that are very proprietary or that have been custom done, you know, for big companies five years ago for a million dollars. And today you're just, it's an absolute disaster once you get in there to try and deal with it. So there's definitely uh, some barriers there. Well, and um, if you guys have questions, just to let you know, um, I know we have some new faces in the room. We're doing Q&A on dynamic sites, uh, so drop your questions in private message to me or oil man, and we'll take care of them. Um, back to, to mod rewrite. Uh, uh, the, the, the difficulty with mod rewrite is now that we're, we're getting into my, my bane of existence, which are advanced content management systems like Broadvision is the one I always pick on. Um, and I don't know how many of you guys here have experience with Broadvision, but it's, it's absolutely horrible. I mean, it'll generate URLs upwards of 400 characters, and it's completely unspiderable. So the problem with those are, you know, you go in, you implement mod rewrite, and if you're using a CMS and you're not technical, you can't change the code for the link generation. Um, you know, it's not as easy as just doing mod rewrite. So it's something that requires a, a considerable amount of thought. My rule of thumb is, is that if you are implementing mod rewrite for the purpose of fixing a fundamental architecture program with the program that you're using to generate pages, you need to see if you can fix the architectural program or problem first before you go hog wild with implementing mod rewrite, because that should be a last resort, almost a band-aid fix. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Uh, sick one asks, when rewriting URLs for sites, which of the following ways are better if it matters at all? Um, example.com slash category slash page name dot htm or example.com slash category dash page name dot htm. I, uh, sick one, I prefer the directory page structure rather than the hyphen, hyphen, hyphen page structure personally. Um, the, I, 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 the search engines are still giving a bit more weight on directory names than they are on page names. So. I, I prefer directories, plus the directories look a lot more logical. Um, if you have a directory structure that's slash widgets, blue.htm and slash widgets.red.htm, makes a lot more sense to me than red-widgets.htm, blue-widgets.htm. I don't know. It's, it's personal preference, really, but I think the directories make it look a bit more clean. Directory structure as what you would spit out in a table of contents. That's right. And also, um, uh, additionally, I think that um, 100 directories with 10 pages each looks a lot more natural than one directory with 10,000 pages. So. I'm not going to argue with that one. 
Yep. Uh, we have a uh, uh, a misconception in the room here. Uh, Nuke's kind of addressing it, but someone said, "But a lot of pages means a lot of rules tester." No, not necessarily. It doesn't. Um, what you find is that a lot of time with mod rewrite um, sites are designed similarly enough that uh, you know a, a rewrite rule. If you only have five sections on your site, yeah, you may have a hundred thousand pages, but if you only have five scripts that are generating those 100,000 pages, you only really need five rewrite rules. Um, so, you know, it, it actually, it, it's a problem for most sites if, you're, if you have a tremendous amount of rewrite rules. It almost indicates that you're not doing something properly. Um, so it, it shouldn't mean uh, a lot of rules if you have a lot of pages. Back to what you were saying about proper site architecture. Mm -hmm. if, if you've, if you've designed your site and built it correctly and you do have to go in later and mod rewrite it, it's not going to be as bad as if you weren't paying attention at all to the structure of the site when you started. That's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, I got a question for you, man. Yes, sir. I have been struggling. I have a couple of clients that have some really nice sites, excellent content. I can point, like, you know, Xenu links sleuth at them, crawl it all, get all the titles and everything like that. They are JSP-driven sites, and Google will not, for the life of me, index these things properly. <clears throat> and I am at my wit's end with JSP, and well, there's not a, an obvious solution at this point for this client. First of all, um, well, let's not assume it's the JSP that's causing that. Um, you know, I've got it on more than one client, and that's the only common factor I've been able to spot at this point. Well, have you looked into um, the page size? What are the page sizes we're talking about? Is there a ton of uh, extraneous information in the pages? Not at all. Not at all. Very light pages, very well designed. What happens if you are they're not indexed whatsoever? Well, all the uh, Google has the URLs, no description, no title, no, no nothing cached. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of the, the the first thing that comes to mind is duplicate content. You say they're light pages. Um, is a high percentage of the page being shared uh, with templated content? Are they light on content? Are they product pages with nothing more than? maybe a price and a product ID? No, they, they're all product pages. They all have four to five sentence descriptions for every product, and then they, you know, your shared navigation structure that runs throughout the site. But there is content there. They have unique title tags across all of them. Uh, and have you searched for the content on that page in Google to see if there's other pages carrying that content? I have not gone out looking for off-site duplication of this stuff. It, it, it almost sounds to me like th that's usually the first place I check when I hear about um, what you're describing, because what you're describing could be a sign of slow death. Um, and, and that's the first thing I would check would be off-site duplication of that, because um, that, that, that's becoming more and more popular, you know, as feeds and, and more and more people get on the web and think it's okay to just go off and copy content. Um, <laughs> you have... Uh, you have uh, a ton of uh, a ton of duplicate content and things like that that'll 
that'll literally bomb the original pages out of uh, out of Google. So, for sure, the only reason I even brought it up and, and not having completed my research yet was because of the JSP commonality. And then I've actually been hearing from a few people that Google seems to have a problem with JSP, which really would be surprising to me uh, if that were truly the case that they didn't seem to like JSP pages. I, I never, I never, I've had um, multiple JSP sites I've had to care for and have never had a, a problem indexing or ranking them. Um, you know, ch check the normal stuff, check the off page duplication, check to make sure that, um, you know, go in as the Googlebot user agent, check to make sure there's no funny business going in with user agent stuff there. I know it sounds silly, but I had a, a major client of mine um, whose programmer just went off and implemented this. this Googlebot detection script that actually broke spidering. Um, you know, check a bunch of stuff like that uh, to make sure. If you can get to it, uh, try and check it from the WAP interface uh, or the translator interface to see if Google can actually fetch the page. The translator interface is a good way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll poke around some more on it, and maybe I'll get back to everybody next week with, uh, you know, see if I could resolve my problem and how embarrassingly easy a solution it was. <laughs> cool. Awesome. So here we go. LinkSharp asks, um, a problem that I've got for years, I'm learning more now, uh, I would never be any, able to find my site on any of the keywords that I would put in the meta tags. I have found now that the big engines aren't using them. The problem is I'm ha the problem I'm having is that my site never lists on any keyword that I put in my title and my description, uh, and in the content. You think you can help me on the air? Well, um, how competitive is uh, how competitive is the terms you're using? I mean, you can't just you know unless it's a six-word obscure term, you can't just put it in the title and the content on the page and expect it to rank. Um, you have to have links to the page. You have to have links to the page, both internal and external, with the anchor text that you want the page to rank for. And uh, you've got to do some promotion. Uh, you can't just stick Viagra in the title and the description and expect it to rank number one for Viagra. I miss those days. <laughs> Link Sharp, listen to me very carefully. Go get yourself some links. We've seen your sites in the chat. You only have a couple of links. It's not going to do it for what you're looking for. Anchor text, anchor text, anchor text for your stuff. I've put any keyword in, in test to see if it would rank, and it didn't. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to tell without seeing a site in a keyword, but it's very, very difficult to, uh, to diagnose that. Um, take a, a six or seven or eight word phrase that's on your site, Put it in quotes and throw it in Google, and if it comes back, then you're you're being indexed just fine. Um, uh, the problem is you don't have enough links. Problem. <laughs> All right, let's pay commercials, guys. Dynamic questions, send them over. Um, and we're going to pay pay commercials now. We're going to pay our bills with commercials, and we'll see you back in about two minutes.
quite as rewarding as feeling in complete control. To experience this level of power on the web, visit BlowSearch.com. Let us give you, the search engine advertiser, what other engines simply don't. Complete control over your pay-per-click advertising. Blow away your competitors' IPs today and select the sites you want to receive traffic from while accurately tracking your ROI with BlowSearch.com. BlowSearch.com. Finally, pay-per-click search advertising you control. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a co-branded search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our co-branded referral program. Genie knows how to deliver results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Proud sponsor of the Webmaster World. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch media.com today oh, welcome back SEO Rockstars halfway through our segment Tuesday night talking about dynamic websites and uh, we're about to help out our friend Link Sharp and take a look at this directory and figure out what the heck is going on Oil man. He was running session IDs in his URLs. Couldn't figure out why he wasn't getting crawled. Little mod rewrite magic, and now he's got some nice uh, directory structures going. That should help him immensely going forward as far as even his own internal link structure giving him some boost to rank for his own name above right. Jim so World Forums. He says his, his main term is website directory. So we do an all-in-anchor in Google, and Google tells us that there are about 4.3 million, million sites being linked to with the anchor text website directory. Wow. I'm thinking he's going to need more than the eight I, links that I Yahoo knows that about. For I spelled that wrong. I'm sorry. There are 15,000 sites linked in with the term website directory, which is still a lot. <laughs> it's still a ton. Which I don't understand. It looks like, too, that your links out, your, your site isn't letting any... It's, it's all got out links. Why, why Linksharp, why aren't you letting any... Uh, why, why aren't you linking to anyone? I'm just confused. You have a, a PHP out tracker. Why? I can't stand it. <laughs> how are we finding all this info? All right, fine. First, to check how many links come to you, link domain is the query you want to do in Yahoo. 
Do it in Yahoo. Why do you do it in Yahoo? Because Google's link command is broken and you don't do it. Next, to find how many people are competing against you for a particular term, use All in Anchor. All in Anchor shows a good representation of what websites are linking with Anchor Text that you're curious about to other websites. All in Anchor website directory will show you that exact phrase, how many people are linking to sites with that exact phrase. It happens to be 15,800, which is a lot. It's a ton, especially for a two-word phrase that nobody really knows about. Um, third, uh, why are you using a click-out script? I still want you to answer this question for me. I, I don't understand. Is it simply to click track? Um, why are you doing it? I'm going to turn on my HTTP watch and see what kind of link it is here. Let's look. Oh, it's not registered. I have to put in my license code. Anyways, what kind of uh, <laughs> what kind of redirect is that doing? Is it an H1 or is it a 301, 302? Oh man, no H1, H2 page nav goes right. So. So LinkSharp, please tell me why you're using this outbound uh, script. What is it doing for you? Let me tell you something. A site that has links to it that doesn't link anywhere else looks really, really weird to the search engines. Really weird. Um, it's one of the things that I use to flag strange sites when I'm doing analysis. Um, anytime a site is not linking out to anyone else, um, that shows that someone has too much knowledge and it's probably someone I want to either keep an eye on or avoid depending on what I'm doing. Absolutely agree with that. You do not in any way, shape, or form want to be a dead end on the Internet. That's right. Unless you're selling Viagra and you only hope to last for six months or three months or That's two right. days. But even, I mean, there's even some ancillary evidence that linking out to other sites on your topic can help you. So, we actually spent some time with LinkSharp yesterday trying to even determine the business model behind the web directory, and we're we're not quite there yet. But uh, he's in the chat room. Hats off to him. He is uh, seems uh, very new to SEO, and you know, good on you being here and trying to learn, man. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. We have a new question. Sorry about that. Um, in regards to file names, when using mod rewrite, is it better to simply use a unique file name like example.com slash category name slash file name of article, or is it better to focus on a keyword in the file name slash example.com slash category name slash category name X where X is the article's ID from the DB. I would use a unique file name. Absolutely. Rather create a file name based on the headline of the article. That's Usually right. the headline of the article is name repeated twice. That looks a little strange to me. But, uh, certain, certainly domain.com slash category slash article name. Very, uh, I mean, there's no risk there at all. It, it, it tells you where you're going. It's descriptive. 
you're going to be keyword rich based on your article title. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Article title, far more accurate than ID 12345810 as a, as a file name. Yeah. Yeah, I like... Uh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And plus, there's uh, Google's been kind of strange lately with numeric characters in a file name. Not all, and I'm not making a blanket statement, but we had a we had a weird incident um, a month ago where we had a page, a series of pages that was named page one dot htm. Page two, page was a one word. It wasn't anything fancy like page one, page two, page three, page four dot htm. And Google actually booted all four of the pages from the index. And we're not sure why, but we changed their page names, and they were fine. Came right back. So it was, it was very, very bizarre. Um, but, you know, it almost makes you wonder if they're cutting down with, you know, with, with numeric type page names. I don't know why they would do that. Um, but it's, it's certainly interesting. So. A lot of... Uh, link exchange pages being named links one, links two, links three, links four, you know, that kind of thing. They may be trying to zero in on, on some of that, but it does seem to be a pretty, uh, you know, shotgun approach to doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Hmm. Good. Good idea. Um, Nuclei is, is going to school here. There we go. Um... Stunt Double asks us, I have a client who, uh, oh, sorry here. I have a client who has their IIS-based site using navigation that is dependent on variables passed in hidden forms and then spit out in JavaScript. Yuck. Needless to say, this is causing a mess. Two questions. What is the best way to migrate to good architecture? And what is the politically correct way to tell a programmer and his superiors that the site is foobar and needs to be redeveloped? So let's look at the first question. Uh, what is the best way to migrate to good architecture? Well, I have a client who has their IS best site navigation dependent on variables passed in hidden forms. So basically, the, this client of Stunties is using a dynamic navigation scheme, which is never the same. So depending on where you are in the site, the navigation system changes and may change. Um, that's really, really bad. Um, you know, and <clears throat> all SEO sense aside on that one, um, simply the usability, people expect the menu to always be the same. Um, they expect the same five categories when they look to the left, and if the same five categories aren't there, A, it's confusing, and B, it's probably annoying. Um, it would That would drive me, you know, bananas. So uh, that, that's, that's number one. <laughs> um, how do you fix it? Well, uh, you, you tell them that you, you need static navigation. Um, you, come up, uh, you come up with a decent category system and, if necessary, a subcategory system, and you categorize the pages, and you make a decent navigation structure that's static and stays the same all the time. Um, the best way to migrate is just to do it. I can't imagine you're you're doing too well in the engines now for internal pages, so you know there's really no harm to to migrating to a static navigation structure. Very little you would need to do as far as 
you know, redirecting old pages to new pages and, and so forth. If uh, the engines can't even find the initial pages, you're not going to lose anything by moving them. Wow. This is terrible. Second, what is a politically correct way to tell a programmer that the site is FUBAR and needs to be redeveloped? You tell them it's FUBAR and needs to be redeveloped from the SEO perspective, that it may look cool and it may work cool, but it's a really bad idea, and you explain to him usability-wise. And, um, you know, you explain to him from a SEO standpoint why it's really bad. And if you really want to prove it to him, pick four people, you know, off the street <laughs> Have them try and use the site and watch them fall apart. Um, uh, we, we did that once, actually. I had a client who didn't believe that the, the menu system was bad. We went out to a Starbucks. We, asked, we promised four people we'd buy them a coffee if they used the site, and the boss sat there with me and watched them completely unable to use the site. Worked wonders. Boss was sold. Cost us 10 bucks for the whole focus group study. Um, yeah, it's not huge. Yeah, it's not totally scientific, but if four people that you assume are fairly literate because they're walking into Starbucks, um, you know, in a, in a major city dressed in a suit, uh, you, <laughs> you assume they're going to be able to use a website, okay? And uh, they all fell apart, so. Wager as well that you could go to, you know, most major search engines, do a site search, and probably find very little of your site properly indexed. And uh, just include that in your report. Look, our site is X thousand pages, Google knows of five of them. Right. Right. So, um, <laughs> Nevdal, they must be literate if they have enough money to pay four bucks for coffee. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but you get the point. I mean, you assume people in business suits walking into a Starbucks in a major metropolis are going to be fairly intelligent. Um, and like I said, it's not scientific, but it was enough to get the point across, and it was cheap. Um, so, just something well, to think about. It, you don't. I don't think you need necessarily even assume that they're intelligent. I mean, ninety percent of the time, we sit back and go, "Remember, everybody, web surfers are primarily as smart as hair. So, make your website as easy as possible to navigate and." Do whatever. As soon as you complicate it a little bit, you start losing people left, right, and center. Yeah, and, and I say usability is important because for for that, um, you know, it, it is important. But you know, as we saw, or as we sometimes see with some of the so-called usability experts, uh, you can go down the usability stupidity hole and uh, really spend lots of money on on usability that doesn't really need to be spent. Um, there are some some very uh, vocal people out there that that tend to preach usability above, quite frankly, common sense. And uh, you know, uh, don't, don't go overboard with it. But you know, if if your your target audience can't use your site, obviously there's there's a huge problem. So I think Nevdal hit it on the head. He goes, "Remember, nearly half of people are below average." Yeah. <laughs> so hey. Uh, Oil man, you use Metaspy? I don't use Metaspy. I've never heard of the program. It rings a bell in that I think I might have heard about it somewhere at some point in the distant past. Um, what's it supposed to do? Is it supposed to no go idea. rip meta tags or something? I have no idea. Guru said it's old, been around. 
Hey, guys. Hey, guys, you there? Yes. Uh, Metaspy, um, basically, it gave you a peek into a couple of different engines and uh, real-time queries, that, that sort of thing. It was just, uh, from what I understand, just kind of a, a sneak peek. One, they, I, I believe they had a clean version, and uh, then, um, you know, one that included uh, adult pharmaceutical gaming, that sort of thing. And that's relevant to us today, how? That's a great question. I have good questions. Good questions deserve good answers, I believe. Is it, is it, the question is, is it real? Oh, current Metacrawler searches. This page will automatically refresh every 15 seconds. Well, sure. Is, is, it, is it real? Um, it looks real. Metacrawler may be showing their live searches. Um, I know at True Local we have a page that shows our live searches. Um, I have no reason to see why it wouldn't be real, but what would you use it for? Um, I guess you could hit it every quarter of a second and get all the searches, but uh, that seems kind of silly. Um, oh, no. So, so Tedster asks, what's the downside of many dynamic URLs for the same page, especially if they're all in the Google index already? Um, it, it's just, to, to me, the downside is they tend to dilute internal link popularity. If you have a thousand versions of the same dynamic page in there, Tedster, and that means that somewhere it's being linked to, a, you know, those, a thousand different pages are being linked to one time each or maybe two times each. Why not take the same page with the exact same content and take those thousands of links and focus it on one page? Um, it, it's a lot better from an internal links perspective and an external link if people find your page and link to it, not to have 43 different versions of the page out there. Do you see that uh, cropping up a fair bit in some of the larger content management systems? like a lot of the newspaper systems and well, it, it, it happens all the time. I mean, it happens anything from, from date parsing to session IDs to, 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 to everything else. Um, even printer-friendly pages, it can happen to. So. Um, but, but for me, the, the, biggest, the biggest complaint I have is if you're going to link to the same content a thousand times, why not point those thousand links to one page and, and boost that page? Um, it can be a tremendous difference for that, that page instead of getting, you know, a thousand versions of the page index with one link each. It's just a, simply a, uh, a waiting call more than anything else. Duplicate content factors in too, but for me it's just always been a waiting of the page. Absolutely. We uh, actually came across that in a client site I was working on that runs this platform called Indeca. It's a they have this thing called guided navigation, which is very cool. But what it generates is, like for a large e-commerce site that has maybe 200,000, 300,000 SKUs, it generates, you know, you can navigate, you know, a jillion different ways to get down to a specific product. And depending on where the, the bot would come into, it would generate all these pages that were duplicate or near duplicate, and, and it was watering down all that internal linking because the links were different all the time. And so we've been working to try and... Um, we, we can't do much with changing the architecture, but what we're trying to do is steer the spiders through it and only give them specific paths so that they get 
you know, one standard version. And uh, it's starting to turn around. We're starting to see some pages come back up for a variety of products. Yeah, Nev stole exactly what I was going to say. But um, uh, essentially, Ted, um, uh, regarding click trails and using that in the URL, um, Nev said exactly what I was going to say. Um, use cookies, and if that's not good enough, cloak it. Um, if you don't cloak it, it's really stupid because if you leave it in the URL, if you do cloak it, it can be really stupid because if you leave it in the URL, people like me are going to sit there and play with it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, plus when people bookmark your site, then it probably uh, throws off your your systems and everything. Um, use cookies; that's the best method. Sure, you may use three to five; you lose three to five percent of click tracking, but oh well, it's statistical error. Um, you know, use cookies; that's the the number one way to do it. So. Well, why don't we, at this point, take one last break, then we'll come back for the final ten minutes, wrap up any loose ends on dynamic websites. And uh, if there's anything else out there, we're a little dry on questions. If you've got anything else you want to cover in these last ten minutes, pop them over to us, and we'll see if we can wrap them up. We will be right back. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch media.com today. So they got pretty good food here, huh? Uh -huh. Listen, I just got a new check from a program I joined. Oh, yeah? What effective CPM are they paying you? Pass the salt. Not sure. They just send me a check, not a detailed breakout. Are you joking? No. There's lots of ways to make money, but you need to be the master of your own destiny. With ValueClick Media, I instantly adopted a national sales force that delivers recognizable ads with high CPM payouts, mm. plus their new interface lets me control the ads I want to run and mm. tells me how much I earn from each advertisement. Wow. Doesn't that sound better? Pass the pepper. Wow. Wow, thanks for the tip. I'm going to give ValueClick Media a try. Join the ad network publishers trust most. Apply today at ValueClickMedia.com. There's nothing quite as rewarding as feeling in complete control. To experience this level of power on the web, visit BlowSearch.com. Let us give you, the search engine advertiser, what other engines simply don't. Complete control over your pay-per-click advertising. Blow away your competitors' IPs today and select the sites you want to receive traffic from while accurately tracking your ROI with BlowSearch.com. BlowSearch.com. Search.com. Finally, pay-per-click search advertising you control. Well, welcome back, everybody. Last seven, eight minutes of this episode of Rockstars. We've been having a great show talking about dynamic websites. Jake's been uh, leading most of that. He is by far far more uh, well-versed in dynamic websites than I am, so it's, uh, it's great to have you on the show, Jake. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Uh, we have, I have two more questions. We'll try and get to both of them. First one, what is this? Anonymous. 
Uh, discuss the basics of IP cloaking with mod rewrite. It's real easy. Um, detect if the IP address is registered to Google, Yahoo, or any other search engine you want to feed different content to, and if so, feed them a different uh, feed them different content. Uh, the way I typically do it is <clears throat> a script is generating all the content on a page. If it's a Google IP, then I feed it. Um, uh, that script plus a parameter to tell it it's cloaking, but I don't. Uh, but the, it's all this is all done transparently. You'd never know the difference if you were on my site. Some things you need to be careful of. Um, first, the cache is detectable for cloaking. What you want to do is you want to go ahead and either no cache the page, or go ahead and blow out the cache with JavaScript. There's a couple of good ways to do that, and some tutorials online about how to do that. And second, be careful of translator, WAP, and so forth. You only want to serve the cloaked page to the main search engine spider. Um, MediaBot, Translator, and all that good stuff should get the regular page unless you're doing other forms of cloaking. And that's the basics. It's, it's fairly easy. Um, if there's people that have some questions on it, um, I have a presentation I did on it once I can throw up on the web and, and, and feed you guys if you'd like. Um, second, Put it there. Dot com. What? Maybe we should build out SEORockstars.com one of these days and we could actually, you know, put all our old PowerPoints and stuff up for the friendly people in the room. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. Um, the second I had another one here. Where is it? Here it is. Uh, if you have bought a site that was banned from an engine like Google, how do I get it unblocked? Easy. Um, you. Clean up everything that, that might have gotten it banned. You send a letter to whatever the unbanned web address is for Google and Yahoo. They're both listed on their respective sites. And you ask them to unban you, uh, complete with reasons why they shouldn't unban you and what you've done to warrant your unbanning, such as cleaning up the sites. They will either decide to unban you or decide not to unban you, and they usually will not reply to your request. You will just see it magically happen. So. Um, that's the, the short end of it. That was pretty rapid fire, man. We yeah. still have time. That's easy. So Cool. All right, guys. Any PM me a question. That's I feel it. it coming. You got one or are we done? No, there's nothing there. No, nope, nothing there. All right. Let's say goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, dude, we haven't. Uh, it's been so long since we actually did a show. We haven't run the uh, the room in quite a while. Go ahead. We haven't run the room. Why don't you uh, give a personal farewell to everybody in the room? Me? Yeah, you do it, man. All right, I'll do it. I'd like to thank everyone here for joining us for Rockstars tonight. Uh, Nevdal, Oilman Ray, Guru, Thrama, those are our ops. Our fabulous users, Dats, 5x5, five five, Freakers, Good ROI, Green Eyed One, IRCURT, James A. John Cornell, JP, J. Vasting, Kim Kimmo, Legion, Link Pop, Link Pop the Bot, Link Sharp, Macaville, um, Nuclei, Ogletree, Andre B. Physics, Physics again, Rip, Scott M. Sick One, Sincere, Snowman, Stunty, The Great Ted, and X Scott. Thanks, guys. See you next week. <laughs>